0: Welcome to the Extension Experience Podcast. I'm Dana Zook. This morning, I am with Heather Buckmaster, the Executive Director of the Oklahoma Beef Council. I had a great conversation with her at the State Cattlemen's Convention, and it just kind of sparked my interest and thought that maybe we could have a conversation about the Beef Council, checkoff, maybe consumers, lots of lots of interesting things. I think regardless of where you are in the beef industry, whether you're a producer, or you stand kind of outside the industry, like myself, without cattle, but, you know, involved. I think you need to understand some of these things. So, Heather, welcome.
1: Thank you very much, Dana.
0: Yeah, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to the Oklahoma Beef Council? You are a native Oklahoman.
1: Absolutely. I'm from Hydro. Um, I grew up on a wheat and stalker operation in western Oklahoma. I went to OSU in agriculture economics, and then I had an interesting little diversion i spent two years in peace corps in west africa yeah i know that would be cool yeah i worked as an i was worked as an agriculture extension agent in africa with women in the gardens um i came home and went to graduate school at osu once again dr Peel was my advisor and in agricultural economics and i fully intended to go back into international development but i kind of laugh and say the cattle industry is genetic and uh, my family's been involved in the business in some way shape or form for probably four or five generations in oklahoma and it's just it's just kind of it's part of your dna and i decided that's really what i wanted to do so i actually went to after graduate school threw my stuff in a car went to denver and as people do as, after as they pe- get out of the graduate, I, I graduate school. school. Yeah. So I'm like, let's drive to Denver. Yeah. yeah. And um, and it sounds very dramatic because I didn't have a job, but I actually moved with my grandfather and um, found a job and found work with the Colorado Beef Council as their director of marketing. And I loved it because I was working for cattle producers. But at the same time, the job was very diverse. So I kind of laughed. I said I could be meeting one day with the vice president of sales for a major food service company and the next day I could be at a livestock market Mm -hmm. so it was just I love the diversity of the job and how much I learned during that time period and then when the job came open at the Oklahoma Beef Council it was a wonderful opportunity to move home to work as the executive director and uh, my family likes the fact I'm an hour away as opposed to Mm -hmm. you know plane right away 10 hours, 10 hours yeah, yeah mm-hmm. 10 hours away mm-hmm. so um yeah so I've been there since 2005 and it's just it's been a, a wonderful um career and I love working for cattle producers
0: yeah I would I would agree with you there that's yeah pretty, it's a pretty the awesome the best people in the world to work yes for. absolutely so let's talk about the origin story of the Beef Council, where from when it came to be. Um, you know.
1: Actually, the first Beef Council started in like in 1954 and 55. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so um, a, a long lot time of, ago. Yeah. Well, you could actually say the first checkoff started in 1922, which oh. was a five cents a carload back then.
0: Oh, yeah. five we, cents. Five
1: cents a carload. Um, yeah. And it was a carload when they had carloads mm-hmm. um, on the trains. And uh, so, but the first Beef Councils were formed in 1954 and 55. Okay. I should be able to give you the list, but there were four of them, Montana, California, I think Alabama, and there's one other state that was in there. Um, They formed in 54 and 55, and it's really cattle producers that said, hey, we want to have a voice in our future, and what happens when that animal leaves our gate, and we feel like we have a story, and so let's combine our funds, let's start our own checkoff. This followed in 1963 with the creation of, we'll call it the Beef Industry Council, but national meat and livestock board but it was a way for they were like okay so now let's find a way for us to combine our resources and uh, be able to work in partnership with each other so that we're not all recreating the same wheel in each state Mm -hmm. and then resources are created at a centralized place that we can all use and so we actually continue with that model today Um, we have the Federation of State Beef Councils, and we share resources. So for instance, well, just recently we worked with Nebraska and the Federation to redo a wonderful brochure called Confident Cooking with Beef. And that was done through the Federation. And then All of the other state beef counselors are able to benefit from it and so Mm -hmm. the federation kind of operates as that i call it so we don't recreate the same wheel and we're not all like spending money to create a new program um the programs are created at a national level and then we all pull from it so a good Mm -hmm. example for us right now is nutrition is probably one of the strongest areas from a cooperation standpoint we have our dietetic seminar our seminar program, nutrition seminar program, where we have a list of speakers that we can all pull from Oklahoma Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Mm-hmm. And so we're able to pull from it. New York Beef Council is able to pull mm-hmm. from it. California Beef Council. Okay. Um, so I think it's so we're all kind of one vision, one plan, one voice. Yeah. So we're all working together as part of an integrated plan.
0: So it's kind of like you have all the beef councils this is mm-hmm. what i'm hearing all the state beef councils and you have this kind of like this Over. curriculum developing kind of overarching yeah thing that yes. you can pull things yeah if that is the goal though, of your beef council yeah so if they're doing some things that you well, want and then.
1: we can do things individually but um it j- works better and more efficiently mm-hmm. and they have experts that we work with um so even our advertising our nicely done campaign or last summer it was united Beef steak mm-hmm. and so literally we have campaigns that are being set like, we know what the national campaign looks like for the next year, and then we know that in, for instance, that January through March time period, we're going to be focusing on sustainability. We know we're going to be focusing mm-hmm. on summer grilling cool. during summer. So you're going to see some of the, the same ads in Oklahoma that you would see in California you'd see in Washington State. So it actually allows us to um, exponentially you know, drive the impact um, of the checkoff okay. um, through that manner now that kind of got off the history a little bit
0: no but that's um, okay that, but you know kind of went off of the it
1: kind of went off of it but um so the actually federal checkoff that we all operate under today um came into place with the fed, um, federal in order in 1985 and then in 1988 it was um, voted on by producers and passed with 79 percent And so we've been operating under that same act and order since 1985.
0: So it's a mandatory Mm -hmm.
1: dollar per head. head. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. a mandatory dollar per head. And uh, state beef councils, there's 44 of us. um, We collect that state. We collect that checkoff um there's several states that don't have several states there's six states that don't have a yeah. state beef council that was
0: interesting to me yeah i just learned that
1: yeah and everybody I always ask you know people that question i was like so which state beef councils do you think don't you know which states do you think don't have a state beef council everybody always guessed hawaii and hawaii actually has a state beef council and a state cattlemen's association because they raise a lot of cattle on mm-hmm. hawaii they do and people are always surprised at that and i'm like and then somebody will guess alaska and i'm like yeah excellent alaska go. would be an excellent example of a state that does not have one rhode island you know yeah. doesn't have one but new york does and pennsylvania mm-hmm. do um they're actually um fairly big states from a i shouldn't say they're big states from a cattle population but they do have um cattle numbers the difference is the population is so much greater like in new york where mm-hmm. they they have maybe like a penny a consumer to promote beef with and we're sitting here with Um, We operate around 43 cents a consumer.
0: Oh, that's an interesting ratio. Yeah, so we
1: look at that. And that's one of the reasons Oklahoma Beef Council is one of the many states that actually contribute to the federation. Additionally, because we have more cattle than people in the state of Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And I think if you go down through the middle of the country, what I'll call the beef belt, that's where like 62% of our collections are but only 18% of the U.S. population is. And so the the populations are on those east and west coasts, and so we fund programs. Well, we're funding right now, the Oklahoma Beef Council is funding an initiative through the federation in the southeast and in the western states right now for summer grilling. The western states initiative is focused in on those cities, like think L.A., Mm -hmm. um, where they have higher rates of substitute consumption oh, yes meat substitute consumption uh-huh. so it's really focused in on those kind of key cities in the southeast it's also focused in on much more of the summer grilling and people are like well southeast i'm like well there's 71 million consumers in the southeast mm. so like think florida. about florida yeah, yeah Florida, georgia atlanta yeah. and so um those efforts are focused in the southeast and it's youtube advertising which is very targeted Um, We only pay if the consumer actually watches a full 30 seconds of the video. Okay. Which is very positive. It's not like a commercial where other commercials are and you flip the commercial. Yes. That's a new technology that kind of works
0: against TV advertising. Let's talk really briefly about the checkoff. You talked about the mandatory dollar. So let's just briefly kind of give our listeners kind of an idea. So I actually have the luxury of having this little chart here, this beef checkoff dollar, which is excellent to kind of helping you visualize it we collect the
1: dollar um we keep 50 cents um under our board of directors our board of directors are um cow calf producers um the majority are cow calf producers on our board
0: our board of directors uh, our board of directors state of oklahoma um, yes okay
1: and then um we send the other 50 cents to the cattleman's beef board national oversight body um governed um with that has a usda's oversight over mm-hmm. we have five members from oklahoma that serve on the cattleman's beef board Those members and how many you have in your state is based upon your cattle inventory, so like your census of cattle. Mm -hmm. That's really the oversight and administration of the beef checkoff, and they're the ones that have oversight of the budget at a national level and then 10 members from the Cattlemen's Beef Board and 10 members from the Federation of State Beef Councils. That's okay, us. That we, yeah, That's we us. The beef state it, yeah. Federation mm-hmm. of State Beef Councils is us. Those 20 um, men and women make all the decisions on national and international programming for the beef check-off. And I looked at the board the other day and their makeup, and they're like 85%... Cow calf producers. Mm-hmm. A key principle of the checkoff is those people that pay the checkoff make the decisions on the peep checkoff. Yes, and I think that's key to producers. And when you think about checkoff being very grassroots driven, it is because majority of our leadership are all cow calf producers. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can get much more grassroots than cow calf producers. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. And so then we keep the other um, fifty cents. As a state with more cow than people, we also contribute um, significantly the federation. And our board has the ability to make that, our board makes that decision on how Mm -hmm. much they're going to send to the Federation um, for national programs. And then we also invest in the U.S. Meat Export Federation. The U.S. Meat Export Federation is responsible for promoting beef in 80 countries around the world. And we fund very specific programs in Japan and South Korea, education programs in China for U.S. beef, and actually um, education programs in Africa Mm -hmm. um, for U.S. beef the remaining of those dollars are invested in promotion research and education programs in Oklahoma
0: so something like beef quality assurance beef quality something, assurance something program people can really yeah I think most people have heard of that's one thing we they hope they've
1: all heard of beef quality I hope assurance so. we're yeah, still but beef, working
0: on that <laughs> yeah beef
1: quality assurance is absolutely a cornerstone of our programs it's um been funded by the beef checkoff um since the beginning You know, it started in the beginning because we're trying to remove residues and make sure that we were putting shots in the right place. Mm -hmm. And it's really expanded across the board from, you know, how can we produce the highest quality product because that consumer wants a good tasting product. If you just look at the mix on Choice and Prime and how it's grown over the last 25 years, I think you can say the Beef Quality Insurance Program has a big part of that. A huge
0: impact. Yes. Changing... Just the basic knowledge of, like you said, it first started with injections, now we're talking to kids about beef, the
1: Cattlemen's Care Program yes. that we've started in Oklahoma because we want beef quality assurance and the certification just be something that's just automatic for them. They don't even think about it. Yeah. They get their BQA certification; it's just part of it.
0: Mm-hmm. And so that's a program that they have to get every three years. It's a mm-hmm. renewal type thing, but you know, strongly pushed by Oklahoma Cooperative Extension. And, Absolutely, you know, ab- we, That's kind of a program. Extension that we is do. key. To yeah.
1: extension is key to the program.
0: Getting
1: that. Done. And uh, we couldn't do it without extension in Oklahoma.
0: Yeah. So that's one program. Um, Here in the state, like you said, grassroots.
1: It's very grassroots. We do a lot of promotional work here in Oklahoma. We do actually, I can just say like this week, um, we have a virtual booth um, at the Explore Summit, which is physicians, nurses, PAs. It's kind of an overarching medical conference. Unfortunately, they had to move it to virtual. Um, so I, this, last, this week I was helping, or last week I should say, I was working to set up our virtual booth. Well, so that's we're able to, yeah, it's a virtual <laughs> booth. And so we're providing um, all our handouts that we have. Um, we have a webinar coming up with Kansas and Texas Beef Councils that focuses in on the early years, which is one of our new pushes because for the first time dietary guidelines say that, you know, you should start babies on beef proteins like beef solid okay. foods Solid foods like beef okay is beef is an excellent example of those kind of solid foods and so we have a webinar that we're going to be doing for health professionals so that would be something we put in the virtual booth mm-hmm. and made sure that they saw that this was an opportunity for them to get doing education credits for dietitians but it worked you know we're Working to get the word out for physicians and consumers across the board.
0: Yeah, so it's for consumers where they hear, where they get their information. They get it from their doctors. They get it from TV or, or uh, the internet. And so you're pushing those things out in those specific areas. And so it may not be the traditional beef it's what's for dinner commercial on tv so we're not doing you're not we're not doing that you're not me, doing that yeah <laughs> to me
1: well we we still do like we'll still have like we have a 10-month campaign going on right now mm-hmm. Um, it started in november it'll end in september and it will include our nicely done beef and i call them our inspirational beef recipes um, type videos that show beef and all the wonderful flavor profiles and everything. It's just, Mm -hmm. I call them inspiring. We want people to think about the taste of beef. Um, But in Oklahoma, we also have produced um, a series of different videos, um, a whiteboard explainer videos, which are really great for technical type subjects. We've produced a series for sustainability, and then we've produced a series for the early years. Mm -hmm. Um, The early years campaign is focused on helping parents of infants and toddlers and letting them know that the Dietary Guidelines and the American Academy of Pediatrics support feeding solid foods like beef starting around six months of age, of course, under uh, doctor's um, supervision, Mm -hmm. but starting at six months of age. So that campaign, just in one month, we had 175,000 video views in Oklahoma. And that's where we kind of get that, you know, that 65-year-old rancher says, I've never seen it. And I'm like, well, you're not a parent of an infant and toddler and that's what we're targeting Uh um with this particular campaign and then we have the sustainability videos we have a series of them and honestly last october we just i thought let's just try it Mm -hmm. let's see what happens i found a freelancer on a freelance site that was doing whiteboard explainer videos um, he was actually in Colorado, and it was going to cost us $750 to do it in a minute and 30 seconds. Okay. And I said, well, let's just try it. If it yeah. works, great. If it doesn't, we're out $750. Okay. So we tried it, and it worked. And I remember talking to Dr. Sarah Place, and she said, so, Heather, you should do a series with this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I need to get to that. And we're a very small office. Mm-hmm. So then Washington State called and said, we'd really like to look into how these are done. And I said, would you like to collaborate right with the technical they've got some great creative people and so we worked with washington state beef commission and produced a series of videos on sustainability and, and so they
0: are excellent i will say they are they're good and where just before we go on heather where do they find those
1: go to our youtube channel on oklahoma beef Okay. And it's youtube.com slash Oklahoma beef. Okay. And you'll see both our early years and our sustainability videos.
0: And I will actually say after I was at the, um, cattleman's convention, you talked about some of the new recipes and that sort of thing. So I went home and I said, I have two picky small children under the age of four. We are going to try some of this stuff. So we've tried some of them and I do recommend the spy tie beef
1: they um, liked it yes, yes that's awesome
0: Yes, so just you know um letting you know that those work and the beef cinnamon rolls were quite interesting <sighs> they're not cinnamon but they were quite interesting the they beef i call
1: them savory rolls yeah
0: something like that did
1: you mix the cream cheese yes, and mix the, the
0: cream cheese and the jalapeno jelly
1: and did you like them
0: yeah i liked them They was a mixed reviews in my house, but we'll have them again.
1: Well, I just think they're really cool and funky. I think it's just, it's almost kind of like that trick. It tricks your mind because it's Mm -hmm. like when you think you're drinking like iced tea and you get a Diet Coke and you're going, what is this? Something's wrong. Yeah. And I think that's what you look at. it. They look like really pretty cinnamon rolls. And then you're like going. In a different form. In a different form. So Yeah, um, I just think they're really, they're really pretty when they're done. Yeah, so just (laughs) they taste really good.
0: Yeah, just a push to the overall, you know, beef Beef council. You know, beef council has good recipes. They've got the videos there, and just have some new, unique stuff. And so I wanted to point that out really good stuff for Oklahomans like you can get it here in Oklahoma it was made here in Oklahoma you know collaborated to be created for Oklahomans
1: yes and now on a recipe side of it yeah. all of our recipes come down through once again that federation yes yes of yes and, and the culinary centers and what I love about it is they really track consumer trends mm-hmm. and flavor profiles so if you know, um, Moroccan food is the food of the day, yeah. and the newest trend, then we're going to have Moroccan beef recipes mm-hmm. that consumers can try.
0: Yeah. So take a look at that. Beefiswhatsfordinner.com. Beefiswhatsfordinner.com. You mentioned a few times the exports, and I want to touch on that and how important exporting beef is to our industry and how oklahoma beef council is working to help promote that because those you talked about africa and china those countries are growing yeah and so that's a really good market for us
1: Um, It's an outstanding market for us and for a variety of reasons. Um, First of all, when we invest our checkoff dollars, they get matched up to three and four times through government industry resources. So think FMD, um, foreign market development, and MAP funding, which is through USDA market access program funds. And then whether it's the retail or the food service operations in for instance japan then those companies are also putting dollars into the promotions as well so it's it's just our dollar kind of goes up exponentially and the impact it can have mm-hmm. so that's one positive part of it the other and i think from a cattle producer standpoint it adds over 300 per head to the price of fed cattle and one of the ways it does that is the fact that it's able to maximize the value of the carcass um, because there's cuts of beef that are not as popular here in the United States due to cultural differences let's just yes yeah. cultural differences so for instance we send container load after container load of rounds to Mexico mm-hmm. uh, Japan always my best example is um, you will s- there's a beef tongue society in Japan Wow. so you will see we actually funded a promotion um, in food service and it was for a beef tongue promotion and you will never see a beef tongue promotion at taco bell
0: no i mean (laughs) you're you're you're
1: not going to see it here in the united states and and so it allows us to maximize the value so in china right now the type our investments go more into educational seminars because they don't know that much about u.s beef the growth there has been growing exponentially but they don't know much about USBF so we're funding, we'll fund a seminar in a major city in Japan it's much more in South Korea much more developed markets for us and so they're very promotional oriented um, I like going to the meetings so I just kind of pick up new ideas and stuff even from a social media standpoint what they're doing Japan and South Korea then Africa is a unique um, spot I remember when they first talked about their first forays and and going into West Africa because I used to live there and it was really hard for me to like grasp it so I actually had a chance to go to Ghana um, for a seminar educational seminar mm-hmm. um, it was humbling because Africa is growing so much it's 1.7 billion consumers um, in sub saharan Africa if just one percent can afford our product. that's a lot of people but then if you include the fact that our variety meats are going in there you know Egypt's always been a leading destination but now Uganda and South Africa are becoming leading destinations for us variety meats and so those variety meats if they were to sell here in the US market would sell greatly discounted in the US market, but we can capture greater money. So I kind of like to think of that international consumers outbidding the US consumer for mm-hmm. beef tongue, beef liver, and isn't that great?
0: Isn't it great? Isn't it great? I've not ever had liver, Heather. You haven't?
1: But... I, I haven't either.
0: Oh, you haven't? No, I haven't. Okay. My
1: um, I remember my dad always ordering liver and onions, like if we go to yeah. a restaurant and be like, oh, I'm gonna have
0: liver and onions. I'm like, "Oh." It smells, from what I've heard, smell, the smell is very unique. I remember uh, heart and that sort of thing people you know older. I have had heart okay
1: but that was in Africa okay I didn't know it was heart at the time oh okay. <laughs> I was just like I remember like biting into it and going and it was tender but it had a really interesting texture and I was just going what is this <laughs> I don't know it's spongy I don't know how yeah. to explain it and they're like well it's beef heart Heather and I'm like oh okay and it makes no sense. Don't think anything about mountain oysters. But Beefheart was like, I don't know if I can do this. This is just... It's, it's just, just a, a mental thing, different right? Different experience. Yeah. Like
0: you said, cultural differences. And so that's very important for people to know, to understand. I mean, we just aren't going to eat some of those things here. And so we want somebody else to. I mean as a i grew up on a you know beef operation i want that entire carcass to be used i I, don't want it to and i want to sell it at a higher price and so that's
1: what i always think about there are 3.2 billion middle class consumers around the world Mm -hmm. compared to the u.s population of 330 million entire population of the u.s Mm -hmm those 3.2 billion consumers represent a lot to us and the cultural differences represent a lot. And so that's why the export market is so important. I mean, 3 I want a chance to have to target 3.2 billion middle class consumers.
0: Yes. Well, Heather, thank you so much for coming on. I know we're going to come back in a few weeks and talk about maybe some demand consumer preferences here in Oklahoma. But I appreciate the summary We could talk for, I think, a couple hours, but we better wrap it up. Till the
1: cows come home.
0: Yes, till the cows (laughs) come home. That should be a new tagline. But anyway, thank you, Heather, so much. Thank
1: you, Dana. We appreciate it.
0: Well, if you want some more information, visit the Beef Council's website. If you have any more questions about, um, say, beef quality assurance training, contact your local county extension office. They will have some more information on this. hope you have a great week, and we'll catch you next time.